This is Nancy Cole. I'm an ordained elder in the North Alabama Conference of the United Methodist Church. And I'm pleased to be able to talk to you about prayer and my experience with my growth in prayer and ways of praying. Let me share this scripture with you, Hebrews 4, 16. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Some 37 years ago, I went on an Emmaus walk at Camp Sumatonga, and it changed my life. I do believe that's when I first began to feel a call to ministry. I didn't know what, but at that time I knew God was calling me to more. But one of the things I took away from that weekend was a powerful understanding, better understanding than I ever had of prayer and the power of prayer. I was so impressed that speakers had people praying for them all during their talk. Each talk was a powerful experience for me. And that was really embedded in my mind how powerful that prayer must have been because those talks changed my life. And so I went back to the church, my local church, like they asked us to, and offered my services to the pastor. And I said, I'm really interested in prayer and what prayer teams can do. And I wonder if you would let me form some prayer teams to be praying for you during our services. At that time, we had three services, so that meant I needed teams of three, so it wound up being nine people a Sunday, and it was a, a powerful experience for me. And one of the most important things that I took away from that was the people's responses on the teams that agreed to go in and pray for the pastor. One man that I never considered particularly spiritual, he never really talked about his faith, which was a misunderstanding on my part for sure. But he came out telling me what a wonderful experience that was for him to be in there praying for the pastor. That really pleased me, but it, it touched my heart as well that something uh, as simple as asking somebody to pray during a service could be so powerful for both of us and, of course, for the pastor and the service that was being prayed for. That was my first foray, I guess you would say, into trying to figure out ways of praying. One would be to sit and pray in, in silence and lifting up names and all kinds of things during the service. That I learned a lot just putting together that program. But I was fortunate that Steve and I were the charter members of the community of the Mantle that still is going in our conference. And in that first group, Claude Whitehead arranged for us to be a pilot group for Rondell Bain's first book, The Breath of Life, Discovering Your Breath Period. What a wonderful opportunity for us to be exposed to this wonderful theologian in the very early stages of his ministry and his writing of books that have been so powerful on prayer over the years since then. That was about 35 years ago. So early on and really early stages of my newfound faith and return to the church, I was exposed to so many wonderful theologians and spiritual formation people such as 
Claude Whitehead, who was our director of spiritual formation in our conference at the time. So the breath prayer became a way of praying for me. And as I've journeyed along going to the Academy of Spiritual Formation, all, all other kinds of things that I've done, I also found a lot of other ways to pray and tools to use while praying, such as meditation and centering prayer, using the labyrinth for prayer, a great tool. You can even have a finger labyrinth to use as a tool for prayer as you go around. Prayer beads have been important to me, and I, I make prayer beads, and I, I teach people how to make them. Also, the rosary became something I became very interested in and how it was used in the Catholic faith, and, and it became a special tool for me as well. Also, praying the Psalms. No one can pray and petition any better than the psalmist. Powerful ways of expression, expressing emotions that you didn't even dare to speak to God if you didn't think about praying the Psalms. And then, of course, written prayers were always important to me. It was a way for me to articulate um, my thoughts and feelings in a way that I don't do when I'm just sitting quietly. But a friend of mine introduced me to the way she prayed that really intrigued me. It, it borders on being meditation, but it has a different aspect really to it. And she called it visualization. She told me that when she prays for somebody's healing, she sits and she visualizes, for example, chemotherapy going through their body and to the place that it needed to be and that it became healing in that prayer. That really intrigued me. I never had really thought about using visualization in that way. I had done centering prayer, which really was for me getting more quiet and not having much thought at all, more listening than, than active uh, involvement in prayer. But with visualization, I was intrigued, and I, I tried it, and I continued to use it, not just for healing for others or myself, but also, for example, with my children. When my adult children have issues that they need prayer for, I, I can sit and I can visualize what that would look like if the outcome were what they needed or wanted in their lives. That really involved me in a way of praying that I'd never experienced before in exactly that same way. So visualization has become an important tool for me. You may already have been doing this. I had not, even with all this other exposure to ways of praying and tools to use while praying, I had never really used visualization in exactly that same way. So I was really grateful to her for sharing that with me so that that could be another way to pray. So I would think, what does an answer to my prayer look like to me? So whatever the issue would be, I would think about that and think about the outcome that we would, would petition God to give us or me. And so I would, I would visualize what that would look like. Sometimes it took some thought to really think about what does really need to happen 
for this goal to be reached or for my son to overcome this whatever he was coping with or dealing with. What does it look like for my adult child to uh, experience more happiness, if that, that's such a, a word that's really not well defined, but to experience whatever they needed to experience more of in their life or to be rid of or to... There are just so many issues our children can bring to us for prayer or that we can sense we need to pray for for them. So figuring out what that would look like if it were, were touched by God is was very intriguing to me and still is. It, it's another way, rather than choosing words that express our thoughts to God, images. I'm an artist. I like to paint and oil and pastel and... I like to image a lot of things. I painted for Lenten season one year the women at the cross, and I was amazed at what came out of that visualization. So it's a great tool for me, and if, if you enjoy imaging, using visual cues for how you feel or what you're petitioning to God in prayer, I hope it's helpful to you as it is to me. And I hope that I learn even more about it and how I can make it even more powerful in my prayer time. So I I try to visual what an answer to my prayer would look like. You know, God may or may not answer my visual prayer, but it is my way to petition Him for whatever I'm praying about whether it be healing for me or for my friends. I know recently I have tried to figure out why I have so much tiredness and other symptoms that just seem so different from each other and how could they all be related to any one given thing. So I've been imaging what it would look like to feel better and to not have all of these different things that really hinder me from doing all I'd want to do. So I did go to the doctor and explain all of that. And uh, I did pray by visualization to see how my body would feel and to think about what it would look like for me to have a lot of energy and ability to walk without uh, losing my balance or things of that nature. And the, the prayer was answered in this particular case, by a diagnosis I wasn't expecting. So in in the diagnosis, I'm now able to uh, take medications and things that will really help me and eliminate most of those symptoms. And then there are personal issues that we want to pray about, and whatever that be, whether it's thinking about an addiction we have or an addiction someone else has, whether it's, it could be a chemical addiction, it could be alcohol, it could be anything. Addiction to work, it, it could be anything or um, any other types of personal issues. It, it does me good to think through them in a visual way to better understand what is it I'm really asking of God. So this is what I call visualization prayer, and it is a little bit different than the other ways that I have prayed, and I hope it's 
something you might want to do or haven't thought about praying in that way. Maybe you combine visual and verbal images anyway. But I just wanted to share it with you because it's been powerful in my life of prayer. Let's pray. Gracious God, I give you thanks and praise for your answer to our prayers in whatever way we receive them because we know that it is in your will. And I thank you for the many ways we can communicate with you in silence, in imaging, in visualization, in through using prayer bead tools where we repeat similar phrases to you and they mean different things at different times. And writing our prayers to you, our petitions, as the psalmist did and others. Lord, I thank you for all of these ways of praying that we share with one another. And in this prayer, Lord, I pray that you be with all of us as we look to you for our hope and healing. These things I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.